Well, you'll have to excuse me today. My speaking voice is not at 100%. I'm getting over an, uh, a cold. So you might hope that that means this homily is going to be shortened, but I can't guarantee you that exactly, okay? We see yet again this text from Luke placed before us. We've, we've actually seen it quite a bit in Advent, this Advent season if we've attended daily Mass, if we attended uh, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, so forth and so on. Mary is given to us as an example of someone whose will is perfectly submitted to God's will. And she has her famous saying, let it be done to me according to your word. And in the Latin Bible, there's that verb fiat, and it's known in our tradition, Mary's fiat is her, let it be done. Let it be done to me according to your word. So Mary's fiat is a symbol for us as Christians of uh, how we ourselves should be able to say fiat to God, how we should be able to say, your will be done in my life, your will be done in the world. And we pray that, of course, in the, in the Lord's Prayer, we say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Very, very important uh, lesson for us as Christians. Recently, I was um, listening to an audio book. Some uh, psychologists did some research, and they basically... Um, they collected a huge repository of examples from popular culture that demonstrate the condition called narcissism. If you're familiar with what that, that is, narcissism is, you know, uh, kind of an inflated sense of self. I'm very important. Uh, you know, it's kind of arrogance and pride. And uh, they, they accumulated all these examples that were really fascinating and, and actually very, very funny, too. I think part of the Part of the research was supposed to be humorous, and, and humor is a good remedy for, for pride and for narcissism. But as I listen to all these examples, I say to myself, you know, the Blessed Mother is the exact opposite of everything that is being spoken about here with this, this condition of narcissism. She's the exact opposite. We, I have spoken in the past, it was last month, I spoke about the importance of having a healthy sense of self and the ability to, the ability to say no on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. I talked about how Mary had a healthy sense of self, and it is very important. But a healthy sense of self for a Christian is based in the fact that we're created out of nothing by God's love, that Jesus Christ died for us. And so our worth and our, and our self-esteem, if you will, should be based in those things. The narcissist, on the other hand, what he does is he bases his self-esteem on, on the external things, on his appearance especially, and material goods and uh, his reputation and so forth and so on. And uh, when you focus on those things, you, you start to uh, uh, fall into pride. And that's, that's the issue, and that's what narcissism is all about. Mary is the exact opposite of that. During this, this listening to this audiobook, what they did is they included some of these questions on what's called the narcissistic personality inventory. And this is a test that psychologists have developed they administer to people who you know they that they've been asked to administer to, or who have who have elected themselves to take it, and it basically assesses whether someone's a narcissist or not. And it's very interesting. It's got 40 questions, and they're paired question. I'm sorry, 40 statements, and they're paired statements. So, and the idea is you basically choose the statement that you feel most truly reflects your true feelings. Okay, and there's basically a narcissistic statement. And then a non-narcissistic statement. And there's 40 pairs, 40 such pairs. 
Two pairs really stuck out in my mind, and I'm going to mention them uh, in this homily here. So well, here's the first pair that really stuck out in my mind. I will never be satisfied until I get all that I deserve versus I'll take my satisfactions as they come. I'll never be satisfied until I get all that I deserve. So what we see with narcissism, there is a whole sense of entitlement. I deserve these things. I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. I'm worth it. Okay? Uh, the sense of a deep sense of entitlement is very closely associated with narcissism. If you do a Google search, I did a Google search just recently with the phrase, you deserve it. If you do that, you'll come up with thousands and thousands of advertisements. So we sell our products based on the idea of entitlement. Uh, you'll find ads for massages, vacations, home loans, cell phones, and health clubs. Okay, just to name a few. Also, very interesting though, though if, you, if you Google that phrase, you deserve it, you'll also find the lyrics to a gospel song that's praising God. That God deserves it. God deserves our praise. It's very nice, but at the same time, it's very ironic that the thing closest to a narcissist is God himself, okay? <laughs> um, another example that was put forth in this, this book was um, baby bibs. If you look, there's been a real, I don't know if it's a, if it's a trend anymore, but a few years ago at least, there's a very big trend to have these sayings on baby bibs like, for boys you have chick magnet, okay? For girls you'd have supermodel, and this is my favorite one, princess. And then now this is really, parents are really asking for trouble with this one. For both boys and girls, I'm the boss. So we have an increasingly narcissistic culture, and we're really, unfortunately, our kids are suffering for it. Our kids are suffering for it. They're, we're training them to be little narcissists. I think of uh, many years ago um, when I was a school teacher. Actually, it was before I got a permanent job. I was substitute teaching. And I was subbing in a BOCES um, program for about a month, and I got to know the different teachers there. And I was the, the English substitute teacher. Um, but, you know, most of my co-teachers were doing things like shop and electric, electric, you know, electrical engineering training, training to be an electrical uh, electrician. Um, there was one, it was a heavy equipment operator teacher. And he told me a story about, I'm going to just call this kid Andy. I'm not going to tell you where I want to, you know, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I just want to, it's a very uh, telling story. And this guy, uh, we're just going to call him Johnny, okay? So Johnny was crazy. Johnny, I was like, Johnny, get off the $200,000 backhoe. You're not ready for it yet, okay? No, Johnny, put the sawzall down, okay? You can take Andy's hands off with that thing if you're not careful. And it wasn't that Johnny wasn't a bright kid. He knew what he was doing. He just, the teacher, this co-teacher said to me, it's like the kid felt that he owned the place. It's just that he owned the place. It was his to do with whatever he wanted to. He had this very inflated sense of self-entitlement. Uh, and he says, so about a month went by into the semester and we're ready to kick Johnny out of the program because he was just out of control, had no boundaries. And he could endanger himself and, and uh, waste a lot of taxpayers' money and whatnot. And, but he says, now I, I understood him completely when his father came in. 
Okay, so he said he had the father came in. I think his father came in uninvited, by the way. Okay, and the father was going to put the teacher in his place. So the father said to the teacher, and this is a direct quote: "I want you to understand one thing: what Johnny wants, Johnny gets." So the teacher said, "Okay, I understand fully now. It's not Johnny's issue so much. It was Johnny was raised this way." Um, so that brings you to another pair of questions on the narcissistic inventory, um, and it's, it's as follows. I find this really, really interesting. I can live my life any way I want. Versus, <clears throat> people can't always live their lives in terms of what they want. Isn't that an important lesson? I think it's one of the most important lessons that you can't always get what you want. I know the Rolling Stones said that. I know. But, and I don't usually draw from the Rolling Stones from a font of wisdom here, okay? But, but in this case, you know, you can't always get what you want in life. Your will is not the center of the universe. There are always going to be things that get between you and some, at least, of your desires and your wants and your wishes. Things like circumstances that are outside of your control or anybody else's control. Um, the moral law. For another thing, okay, so there's always going to be something that impedes your will, and you've got to be able to learn to say that, you know, my will is not the center of the universe. God's will and how he chooses to govern and arrange the universe, that's what really matters. And Mary really understood in the days when she was on earth, she really understood this, the depth of her soul. She understood uh, that her special election to her calling and her vocation was not because she deserved it, but simply because God chose her. Okay, So she had no sense of self-entitlement. You know, she had a very special birth, according to tradition. She was born to St. Anne and Joachim in their elder, when they were elderly, and they thought they could never conceive. And, and, so, and she was an angel visited St. Anne and told her that she's going to conceive this very special young girl. Uh, but you know, St. Anne didn't raise Mary with a bib that said princess on it. You know, St. Anne taught her how to pray, how to, how to work, how to sew, so forth and so on. Raised her like a normal girl. Taught her how to love God and put God's will first. And that's, and she did that more than any other human being on the face of this earth. She put God's will first and did not grow up with a sense of entitlement and understanding that she can't always get what she wants. You know, Mary had certain understanding. In her, we hear today in our readings the Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah from you know, the prophet is speaking to King David uh, about one of his descendants is going to be the Messiah. And Mary, like any good Israelite or Jew of, of her day, she wanted, she longed for the coming of the Messiah, but she never in her humility would have imagined that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah. She had chosen herself to actually not have children. She had chosen to dedicate herself to be a virgin. And as soon as the angel comes up and says, you're going to have a child, she's at first a little bit like, okay, well, how's that going to work? But then after she understands that that's God's will and it's going to be a miracle, she consents perfectly. So you, you understand Mary had a plan. She saw her life going this way. Angel shows up. Okay, no kids, no kids, no kids, no kids. Angel shows up. And she's able to do, at the drop of a hat, a 180 turn, 180 degree turn, and say, okay, let it be done to me according to your will. And so 
for us, my brothers and sisters, and for our children, for our grandchildren. Um, let's look at Mary as that supreme model of the, of the anti-narcissist. And let's really emulate her as that positive example of someone who understands that they can't always get what they want. Someone who understands that God's will is really that which is at the center of the universe and not our own little life, our own little wills. Uh, and then, uh, irony, ironically, at the end of the day, there is one thing, though, and this is very great and a very, very joyful and edifying thing. There's one thing that we could want and our desire will never be refused. There's one thing that we could long for and desire and want and our, our desire will never be thwarted, and that is Jesus Christ. If we want Christ to come to us, that desire will never go unfulfilled. And that's what Mary had. As soon as she was told by the angel that she's going to be the mother of Christ, as our preface in the liturgy says it very beautifully, Mary longed for him with love beyond all telling. So my brothers and sisters, let's long for the coming of Christ with a love beyond all telling, just like Mary. As we prepare this Advent season, which is about to come to a conclusion this, this evening as we celebrate Christmas.